You're tuned in to another great episode of Cafe Conversations. So come on in and have a seat and enjoy the show. What's popping, everybody? It's your girl, Lady D, and you are inside Cafe Conversations for another week and another great podcast. Awesome conversation about to take place right now. And I had to share it with you guys. You know, coronavirus, COVID-19 has touched just about everybody in some shape, form, or fashion, whether it has affected you on your job or whether it's affected you, you know, directly, you may have been a victim of COVID or um, it may have affected someone that you love and hold dear. And, you know, it hit home a little different when it's somebody that you really love or when it's yourself. And for me, it was my best friend and her entire household and some other family members outside of the household. And that was probably one of the most scariest moments of my life. Me and my best friend have been friends for probably about close to two, close to 20 years, real close. And at least 18, 18, 19 years, we've been best friends and we are thick as thieves and, and tight as tight can get, actually. And to see her via video chat, suffering to breathe and struggling to breathe and seeing this virus ravish her body was just horrific for me. And unless you can see it up close and see people struggling to survive, to live, it's um, it just you can't even mentally imagine uh, the Facebook videos and the Instagram videos. They don't do it any justice. And so I thank God that she not only battled COVID, but she won against COVID. And so did the rest of her family. But it was a little scary and touch and go there for everybody. And the one thing I never, ever want to even begin to fathom or imagine is losing my best friend. You know, I I don't want to ever think about that. And so I asked her if she would come on and talk about her experience with COVID because so many people still do not take it seriously. You know, they don't take it seriously and they think that it's a joke. Some people still, you know, they got their conspiracies, the government, this, the government, that. And at that particular point, I didn't care about what the government had done or what kind of conspiracy you could come up with. My best friend and her entire family was affected and it didn't matter to me. I just wanted them to survive at that moment. So I asked her if she would come on and and let's just have a conversation about her experience battling COVID and and what it was like for her. So without further ado, I want everybody to virtually give my best friend a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Janelle, what's up, girl? Hey, girl. How are you? How are you? Hello, everyone in the world. How is everybody? doing? How is everybody feeling? Um, I'm good. I'm actually doing good. Thank God for that. Mm-hmm. I'm alive and I can read one here. <sighs> <laughs> I know that's right, girl, because at first, ooh, baby, we were on uh, video chat and I, I know you were probably getting sick and tired of me just 
wanting to watch you um, video chat. But I, that's just how terrified I was. I felt like I needed to watch you breathe, you know, just in case you needed me to call your name and say, remember to breathe, (laughs) you know, but let's talk a little bit about um, how you may have contracted COVID. Well, um, COVID, like everybody knows, is that virus right there ain't no joke in the sense of it can sneak up on you without you even realizing it. You know, it's what's so I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna give it any type of validation as a, as glory or praise or anything, but what's so amazing about it is that you can have COVID, not know it. And have it and also have symptoms different from everybody else, you know, that might actually have it. And that's exactly what I found out during my, my little episode COVID. But um, how I how I believe me and my family came in contact with it was that, um, that no, not last month, it was in September, in July. The first part of July, my sister-in-law passed away unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, like family do, when somebody passes, you you gather around that person and you, you or that family members, you know, who are intimate, immediate, I mean, not even intimate, but even immediate family members, which is my brother and my nephews, and you support them, right. you know, and y'all grieve together, you right, know, right. and how we, you know, color folk, black folks, however you want to say, do what we do, we eat. Mm-hmm. You know, we get together and we eat. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what happened. Like, um, during that time for the first week, two weeks of her passing, we were by my brother, um, my brother's house, sister-in-law house, and we were just there, just just being bodies to help my brother and my nephews get through this process of this shock of my sister-in-law just passing all of a sudden. You know, it wasn't it really wasn't expected. And yeah. um you know, and it wasn't just us. It was other friends that came by. And and, it, and honestly, to, to, to put it out there, it wasn't large gatherings. It was We weren't like in a house with 20 people, you know. Right. We came, then we left. You right. know, then other people came, and then we left. And then whoever, if, if we were there and other family members or other friends came by, it never was more than maybe one or two family members that came by or, or, extra, friend, or extra friends that came by. You know, it, it wasn't a lot. I would say at the most, Really and truly, um, we were at the most between 10 to like 12 people at one time. But then we weren't all in the same room. Somewhere in the living room, somewhere in bedroom, somewhere in a dining room. You know, they had this like little seating area in their house as well. So some people were over there. So it wasn't like we were all in one room together. We were all spread out throughout the house and everything, right. you know. So I believe that during that time with... Um, just, you know, just people come in and say, hey, can I, can I help you in some way? And just like, I'm so sorry for your loss that somewhere in the midst, somebody had it and it just spread, you know, it just truly spread through all of us. I can't say, oh, I can't point out and say, oh, it was this one. No, can't because right. we all were fine. We all were doing good, right. you know, it's just. But I believe that's where our initial contact had happened, mm-hmm. you know. Fast forward about a week, a week, week and a half. Um, Yeah, I think it was exactly a week. The Wednesday, um, I'm 
I'm on my way home from work and my dad calls me and he's like, um, are you on your way home? And I was like, yeah, I am. And he's like, good, your mom's not feeling well. And, um, you know, we need some help around here. No problem. So when I get home, my mom is basically coughing up a lung or two or three. You know, she's just coughing. She's, you know, her breathing is a little labor, difficult. And of course, my mom being who my mom is, she ain't never sick. I'm fine. I'm fine. Mommy, you're sick. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Something's going on with your body. Your body's telling you you're not supposed to be coughing like this. And she was, you know. And of course, um, not thinking about it, uh, I'm in the room with her. I didn't put my mask on. You know, I didn't have my mask on or anything. But like I said, I don't really believe I got it from her. But I think by being around her, it aspirated um, or not aspirated, accelerated my symptoms. Right. And that's how I ended up getting more affected because she was coughing. Yes, she was covering her mouth. I mean, you know, she ain't just coughing and letting it be out there. But nonetheless, um, you know, I helped her. I got her some 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 water, her aspirin that she wanted and something else. And I left the room really as fast as I could because I was like, I can't afford to be sick. And right. I was already feeling bad that day, you know, um, not to be too uh, personal, but my cycle had came and I was already feeling like health and kicked me down and somebody wrote ran over me with a, you know, two cars and whatever, you know, two cars, a bike and a train is how I was feeling in my bed, in my body, (laughs) you know, and that was a Wednesday. So the Thursday I went to work and I was, I woke up feeling horrible still, but I pushed on and went to work and I have run my heating pad because this time I'm thinking to myself, it's just, I'm just having a really bad monthly, you know, I'm just right. really having a bad monthly, which sometimes happens. Sometimes I got great months, but it's like, whoa, I breezed on through that one. <laughs> but this month, it was like, it was trying to kill me. You know, at least that's how I would think it was my, my thought pattern. Right. So my um, fiance came and he picked me up for work. And when he, um, we, you know, when we have this tradition, when we see each other, we give each other a kiss. So he had grabbed my hand though this time and he kissed me and he was like, oh, He's like, babe, you you got a fever. And I was like, no, I don't. He's like, your hand is really hot. You're burning. I was like, no, I've had the heating pad on me all day. So, no, that's just what that is. And he was like, oh, okay. He just left it alone. You know, we went back to his place and I went and lay down. I just passed out. I was so, I just felt drained in my body. And I think around 10 o'clock is when I woke up. And I still was feeling hot. I wasn't feeling right. But again, I'm still thinking it's my cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, okay, I need to get on home because got the little one at home. I got to go, you know, take care of my, my big little girl and we'll check on her and everything. So, but before I left, I went to the CVS, not too far from him. And I went and got a thermometer because I, I did still thinking it's my cycle, but I'm like, hmm. Let me just double check. Let me make sure. Right. And went and got a thermometer and I already had, I opened it as soon as I got to the car and I said, I got the last thermometer in the place. That was, you know, it was like, wow. wow. So I cleaned off the thermometer with the hand sanitizer and the wipes I had in the car mm-hmm. and I put, you you know, put it under my arm, my arm and everything. And it came out to be 100.8. I was like, oh. I do have a fever. Okay. 100.8. Wow. 100.8 is what it was. I was like, wow. Okay. No problem. Got you. Okay. So I text my manager, you know, went home, text my manager, let her know what was going on. And henceforth, now I'm in bed. Now 
the next day is when I really feel it. That's when my breathing really started to mess with me. That's when I, I started really coughing and, um, and I was already coughing previously, mm-hmm. but again, I, my mind wasn't thinking the virus. My mom was thinking bad cycle, bad cycle. Right. <laughs> you, know, that's, you know, that's where my mind was thinking like, this is just, this cycle is just killing me this month. Not, you know, not no virus going on here, but, exactly that's exactly what it was and so i i isolated myself in one room my mom was isolated in her room my dad had stopped sleeping in there um it was in my my brother's old room it's like our spare room now mm-hmm. and my little one my eight-year-old um she started sleep i had her sleeping with my my son because like i can't get her i don't want to get her you know, um, contaminated or whatever like that. Right. So we're all in our own rooms. We come out the room. If we have to come out the room, we got to wear a mask. And for me, like, it was difficult. Like, this virus wants you to lay down. Like, when I laid down, I felt so much better. Like, I, I was like, good. But to get up and go to the bathroom, like, my breathing, just taking those one or two steps, my chest felt, I felt like, God, what is on my chest? Like, there was something holding me down on my chest. You wow. know, it, it, it really wasn't that it hurt, but I felt the pressure of it all. Mm-hmm. You know, and then trying to talk afterwards or anything, it was, you heard me, it was very labored. It was very hard. It was very, um, it was just difficult all Yeah, it was around. as if you were running, but you were standing yeah. still. Exactly. And they, yeah, like if I just did a 5K marathon, you know, 10 times and came back and now here I am. This is how I'm talking. But um, but as I lay down, my, my breathing will, lay, will even out and then go back to normal. But that's not how it's supposed to be. And then my symptoms end up being different from my mom. Where my mom, she just felt drained. She felt weak. My main complaint other than the breathing was I felt nauseous all the time. Mm-hmm. I had a really severe nausea. I just, I wanted to throw up, but it didn't come out. It was just nauseous. Like if I was pregnant in that first trimester, mm-hmm. all over again. It was just nauseous, aside from the headaches and everything. And then for the day of my sister-in-law's funeral, my dad woke up not feeling well. His breathing was bad and everything. He just, you know, had a headache and he just wasn't feeling himself. You know, he had chills and everything like it was like the flu or something. Mm -hmm. So none of us went to the funeral. Regardless to say we had to, well, thank God for technology today. We was able to attend via um, Facebook Live. You know, we saw Mm -hmm. it that way and everything. But um, to progress, you know, we all just was feeling bad and every time we came out the room we wore a mask or if anybody came in because now we had my 20 year old son basically he's taking care of everybody in the house you know he's taking care of all of us right. and stuff and um and we all you know we ain't got tested i got tested my mom um and dad went and got tested uh like that thursday or something i tested earlier but mm-hmm. then the day when the, the, what happened was I have a cousin who is a respiratory therapist right. and I started and she had Corona and she beat it, you know? And so I was starting to talk to her, getting health tips from her and everything. And she came by and gave us one of those meters that checks your oxygen. Uh-huh. So all three of us are using this thing. My mom's own drop kind of low, like it shouldn't go below 95, right. like 94, 93, they say it's okay, but really and truly, 90, they want your oxygen to be 95 and above. 
you know, always 95 and above. The, the higher, you know, get to 100, perfect, you're good. You know, it's always a good thing. Um, but my mom's had dropped down to like 90. Uh, I think it was like 80s. It was fluctuating between 89 and 90, if my memory serves me correctly. It's been a while now. And um, my dad was like, he's taking her to the hospital. And that was the Monday night. Uh, no, not my dad. My dad made my mom go to the hospital. My son took her. So the mm-hmm. Monday night after the funeral, they took her to the hospital and they kept her. They kept her in the hospital because of that. That her oxygen was just too low, and her breathing and everything else that was already, you know, and she already has the underlying factors of high blood pressure as well. Right. So they didn't want to take chances, so they kept her. At first, it was like, hey, it's just supposed to be one day observation. She ended up being in the hospital for a week. Mm-hmm. You know, um, then that Wednesday of that of that same week with my mom, I ended up going to the hospital. But I ended up not for not just because of the fact of the, the corona, but I started having this sugary taste in my mouth. Right. And it's like this, I couldn't shake it no matter what, how much water I drank, you know, <laughs> no matter how many times I washed my mouth, I would mouthwash and brush my teeth. That sugary taste was not going nowhere. It said, I got you and I'm keeping you. <laughs> and I said, oh no, I don't like this. So I Googled it, what it was. And I honestly don't remember what it said, but I remember reading the words diabetes. Mm-hmm. Now my dad, previously earlier this year, he got diagnosed with diabetes. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, got his kit i went to him and i was like okay test my sugar and my sugar ended up being 448 wow that according to my cousin if i stayed if i just waited a little longer i was like really on my way to a diabetic coma because i started doing like what my cousin had did she said during that time for her what help was eating because they say you know why why you on why you have the coronavirus which is something you do anyway have a lot of vitamin C you know uh, you got to build up your immune system so she was eating a lot of citrus fruits to help her with her immune system right. as well as you know having opening her windows allowing fresh air to come through instead of you know all that stuff so I started okay well you know what and she said she had lost fifteen pounds watch that first week I was like I need to lose some weight let me do that so I started eating just citrus fruits and stuff like that, not realizing that I'm now I'm a type two diabetic, which I didn't know at the time. Right. But you know, but when that happened, um she told me go to the hospital. So I went to the hospital. They tested me again for the virus. Of course it came back positive and but they treated me for my diabetes, but then found out that I had a slight case of pneumonia, which is why my chest was feeling so heavy as well. So I was getting treated for diabetes, the virus, as well as pneumonia. Oh my God. So I had a lot go- I had a lot going on with me. And then the next day my dad ended up in the hospital because his oxygen dropped down low and everything. So all three of us was in the hospital at the same time. Meanwhile, so. my poor godson, twenty year old Eli, was at home mm-hmm. taking care of his eight year old sister. Right. And the thing with my kids was, was so, and then, okay, so then, like I said, we all would go to my brother's house to help, you know, celebrate him, help him in the grieving process. Mm-hmm. My uh, other sister-in-law and brother, they had contracted it too. Now, <laughs> M.A., my sister-in-law's name, mm-hmm. she had different symptoms to her mean. Her main symptoms was she was 
um, she had diarrhea and vomiting was her main thing, aside from the breathing. My brother, he had the cough, but it wasn't as bad. Um, out of all my children, out of all my children and their children, they have two kids mm -hmm. and I have four. Okay, so starting with the oldest, Jasmine. Jasmine um, never contact, never got it. She had no symptoms. She was negative from jump start. right? Even though she had been around us here and there, but she stayed negative. Eliza living in the house with me. Somehow, thank by the grace of God, he stayed negative. Through the, and he's been tested. They all been tested twice, so he stayed negative through that whole process. Then Nyara, um, my second daughter, she tested positive first. She tested positive, but she had no symptoms. She was fine. Everything was good, but she was positive. Right then um, would be Mimi, my niece. She tested negative the first time. Now, Nayara had tested positive the first time. Next time they tested her, she tested um, negative. So mm -hmm. she's had two negatives since then. She's fine. Mimi, the first time, negative. But then the second time, positive. Now she's negative. You know. Right. Um, then came Olivia, my little one. She tested positive two times. The third time she's now been tested, she got she's negative. So she's completely negative. And then my nephew, he's been... Um, but uh, Olivia, she never showed any signs of symptoms. She was fine during that whole period. She, God's covering, never had a symptom, never had a cough, other than, you know, regular coughing, like people right. do it on a regular daily basis. And the same thing with my nephew, um, except for my nephew, he never tested, he always tested negative and never had any symptoms, you know. But it's like it affects everybody differently. It's not right. like how you get the flu and you're like, oh, okay, I got the flu. Everybody got the flu. And it's right. the same symptoms. This thing does not affect everybody the same way. You, right. you can't. There's no way to know if you have it or don't have it. And, and like kind of like what you said before about um, it. It being real, but it's not you don't pay attention to it until it hits home. Right. I was of that mindset as well. You know, I had that mindset that I'm praying for people and I'm like, oh, and I've heard like, other friends of mine who's like parents might have had it or and they made it through or, mm -hmm. you know, you just read stuff in a newspaper or whatever like that. And I'm like, wow. And it's like that's it's scary, but it's not until it hits you. Even when I found out my cousin had had it, the respiratory therapist, right. I was like, oh, wow, you know, Lord, protect her. You know, you got, you know, praying for her. But it really didn't hit home, hit home to the gravity of how serious this was until it hit me and hit my family. And it kind of just basically knocked us all out. Right. You know, and even my brother, who um, who we went to see, somehow he, him and my nephew tested positive. Now, since then, they're all negative and everything. We've all went through the process and we're now all completely a house full of negatives. Mm -hmm. But, but even then my brother and my, and my nephews, they never, even though they tested positive, they never got symptoms. They were fine. They, it never affected their body. Right. In and it's any kind weird. Of it's weird how everybody can be in one spot, one place, you know, mm -hmm. even though it may have not all been in at one time, but everybody's path crossed somehow, some way. Right. And multiple family members contracted the virus, but only a handful of the family members actually had to deal with the, the 
bad parts of exactly. the virus. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and that's why I really wanted you to come on and talk firsthand. And I know that there have been others, you know, but for the podcast listener, you know, that that those people who consume podcasts, um, I just really wanted you to kind of enlighten the listener to help them to understand the ramifications and the magnitude of this virus. You know, we're coming up on another holiday and, you know, it's time to celebrate. It's time to chill. It's time to relax. It's time to barbecue. It's time for family reunions and things of that nature. And, you know, we think that, oh, we're family. And it's it's okay because we're family. We're not Mm -hmm. amongst strangers, you know, or we even think that because we, we think in our minds, well, I've only been here. I've only been there, Mm -hmm. you know, and I haven't really been anywhere. I've been basically in the house, but Mm -hmm. there's always that one person that Mm -hmm. um, hasn't just completely been in the house. My granddaughter um, contracted, coronavirus and um but it was weird because her grandmother had it and then I think that caused the rest of the house to get tested her grandmother was tested positive several times I mean it was hard for her to even get a negative but she's Mm -hmm. older and she has a lot of underlying health issues and then her aunt and her two girls who also lives in the house they tested positive and so they went and got them an airbnb until they could get a negative but her mom who cares for cares for her and she's three and she's all Mm -hmm. over her mom she Mm -hmm. never tested positive for covid or corona ever every Mm -hmm. test she did it was negative and she was caring for her mom and her baby and she never tested. Yeah. Thankfully, my granddaughter had a little cough and she must have lost her sense of taste because she would only eat applesauce. Mm-hmm. And that was the only thing that she would eat. She wouldn't eat any food like the things that she likes, like she likes yellow noodles and mm-hmm. she wouldn't eat her favorite foods. And um, but the only thing she would eat was the applesauce. Right. And um Finally, everybody got a negative test except for her grandmother and her. And then finally, her grandmother finally got a negative. But my granddaughter tested negative and then they called back and said that she was still positive. And so I really haven't kept her. I've seen her video chat and I drove by, you know, while she was standing outside because she likes my spaghettis, as she calls it. It's really spaghetti, but she can't say spaghetti. She says spaghettis. So I took <laughs> her some spaghettis, you know, because that's one of her favorite things. She loves pasta. And uh, to kind of help her feel better or whatever. But it was just crazy how that virus went through that family. And, you know, the mom had a lot of struggles, but she didn't have to be hospitalized. Yeah. You know, and then the other daughter and the other two granddaughters, they they had mild symptoms. My granddaughter only had that one symptom and her mom never had it all. And all of them live in the same household. It was yep. so crazy, mm-hmm. you know, and 
they say, you know, you got to be careful about being around large groups or be careful. It, it doesn't matter. You got to be careful about being around any group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I said, like for me and my family, yes, we were together at my brother's house. But like I said, we were spread out. You know, we weren't all together jammed up in the living room. We were all through his house in different rooms and everything, just, you know, just being there, right. eating food and everything like that. And the thing is, like, we come in the house just with our mask on and everything. Mm-hmm. But then when you get in there and you we also had that mindset, I'm around family. How bad can it be? I'm around family, you know, so you don't think of those things. And then, you know, we like we we sit down and we can't eat through a mask. So you take off your mask. But then you don't think about putting the mask back on after you finish eating. You know, you just relaxing, you're playing, you're watching movies. We're just enjoying our enjoying the company and just trying to get through the grieving process of the fact that one of our loved ones just passed, you know, and when my brother and and, and it it does affect people so differently. And my brother had called me when I was in the hospital to check up on me and he was like I am so done with people dying he was just having a rough moment he was like nobody else he was like because he was trying to um reassure me and to push me to walk he was like I know it hurts I know it doesn't feel good to walk but you gotta walk like I said this virus wants you to lay down you know, it wants you to lay down and just and just sleep and just relax because it feels better. It right, does. And right. so, you know, when I get out, when I was up and I was and I was just just go to the restroom, it was like, oh my goodness! You know, it was just so uncomfortable right. and just so out of out of body. You Not know, to cut you out, and we're going to take a really quick break. And we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about your experience with it. But real quick, we're going to take a pause for the calls, everybody. And um, we'll be right back with you. You are listening to Cafe Conversations. I'm your girl, Lady D. We'll be right back. Hey, y'all. What's up? It's your favorite team, Panura Demia, CEO of The Glossy Lips. Our lip gloss is infused with vitamin E oil and coconut oil to make sure your lips stay moisturized and popping. Oh, we also have those 3D meat lashes for you too, sis. Make sure you shop at www.dglossylips.com and follow us on Instagram at dglossylips. All right, everybody, we're back. And on the phone with me all the way from... um, Fort Lauderdale. Oh, no, you're not. You moved. Yeah, you are in no. Miramar. You're in Fort Lauderdale. Where are you? I'm in Miramar, but it's all the same. Miramar. It's part of Fort Lauderdale, but Miramar. Yeah. To be specific, I'm in Miramar. Miramar. Miramar, Florida. Um, out there by Hollywood Beach. I like Hollywood Beach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the phone with me is my best friend, Janelle, and she and I are having a conversation about her and her family's experience with COVID-19 and how it affected them. And it affected them all differently. And you were saying that you had met your brother's friend like a week right. prior and she was right. fine, right? She was fine. So, well, she, I mean, I don't know if she had any other underlying conditions other than the fact of her being blind, but like I said, my brother had called to tell me to just basically encourage me to keep, moving to take you know walking up walk in my hospital room just to keep walking up and down every now and then and not get too um lazy with it you know to keep moving and to do all the breathing exercises that they were giving me um and and he said that because he had just found out that 
the wife of one of his friends, when we were at the house, a couple, a man and a woman, um, I totally forgot their names, but let's just say Terry and Mike, mm-hmm. you know, because <laughs> I kind of feel like Terry was her name. So let's just say Terry, Terry and Mike, they right. came by to offer their condolences. And in doing so, you know, nice couple. You know, but we didn't, other than saying, hey, how you doing? No handshakes or giving anything like that. And that's me. I remember when I met her, I was actually on my way out. I was going home. You know, I had to go to, um, I had to go to work the next day. So we were all about to leave and we just went to say goodbye and everything. And my, when I was in the hospital, my brother calls to tell me, did I say encourage me, but then mentions to me how Carrie, the wife, passed away, that they had to rush her like the day before so to the hospital, and she passed away from the virus. So I don't know if she had any underlying conditions, but mm-hmm. the fact that I just met this woman a week before, and or, you know, yeah, a week or a few days before, and here it is. She's, she's gone. gone. Right. You know, she's and gone. It was and it's taking people out like that. It's been taking yeah. people out like that. And again, it's, it's you know, you 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 don't want to you want to practice social distancing but you know you don't want to just completely isolate yourself because all kinds of other things can just set set in okay i know when um the pandemic first hit and i had a doctor's appointment like right after and my doctor he made sure that he stressed to me that I did not want to contract this virus because I was um, autoimmunal because I have uh, rheumatoid arthritis and I also have glaucoma and I'm borderline diabetic and uh, all of these things. I had these underlying issues, right? Mm-hmm. And so he stressed to me um, on a very severe level, like you can't get this because you have no way of fighting this uh virus and i'm on the uh, rheumatoid arthritis group on facebook the support group and it was so many people um saying you know i tested positive for covid and it was like freaking me out and i began to have like headaches and things and like i wasn't leaving my house i i wasn't even going outside to walk because i had told myself they are spraying this stuff in the air (laughs) you know and i was not leaving my house and um i had people attempting to shop for me and do things for me um my son he at that time he was an essential worker um uh, my husband my then husband um he was an essential worker so he was you know still leaving the home every day but it was a very scary thing for me you know and i was just like somebody God cover them. Don't let nobody bring Corona in my house. And with my kids and me being immunal, they could care less about any of that because they wanted to check on their mom. Right. They wanted to make sure that I was okay. And they were coming in and I was screaming, wash your hands, you know, and when they would leave, I would spray everything down with Lysol. I scored about two or three cans of Lysol and I would spray everything down with Lysol after they left. I would make them wash their hands. I would make them leave their shoes at the door. Um, Mm -hmm. All kinds of things. Because I'm like, you cannot bring that virus up in my crib like that. For real. Because a sister not trying to die. She got some stuff to do, you know. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, you know. 
at that particular time, you know, this was before my breakdown, just in case you guys listened to my previous podcast and I was very suicidal. This was before that. But um, I was not having it, you know, and so I had to like tell them, you know, hey, you guys got to like stay at your house. <laughs> you know, I love you. FaceTime me if you would just want to look at me because that's how you do. You come over mm-hmm. here and you eat up my food and you FaceTime. I mean, you just want to look at me. So FaceTime me. You know, we can, we can get that done just like that. And, you know, it was a hard thing to do, you know, and, um, just here recently we had a scare cause I thought my grandson and my daughter-in-law or her sister had tested positive for COVID. And so she and my, ne- my, she, not my nephew, but she and my grandson went and got tested for COVID and, um, thank God they tested negative and then my son who is a hip-hop artist as well as a cna one of his patients had tested for covid and they still to this day don't know how he got covid because he never left the home but and none of the other patients got it and they still to this day don't know how he got covid wow and um it was just crazy. And then with my son being a CNA and being a hip hop artist and out amongst the people all the time, um, he recently got sick, but it, but he didn't have COVID. They tested him like three separate times. He didn't have COVID, but he did have pneumonia, which for the second time he had pneumonia because he, t- he also had pneumonia, I believe, between November and January, you know, struggling to breathe, tightness in the chest, tiredness, headaches, nausea, all of those things. But um, he tested negative three separate times. He tested negative. And so you just never know how this virus functions. But real quick, I want to go over some of the symptoms that the CDC uh, knows about and that have put out there for the public, which is fever and chills, cough, shortness of breath and difficulty breathing, fatigue, muscle or body aches, headaches, um, the new loss of taste or smell, a sore throat, congestive uh, congestion, I'm sorry, and runny nose, nausea or vomiting, diarrhea. Also, um, the trouble breathing, if it's, I guess it can go and come. I'm not quite sure because I see on here, it says these symptoms can last. Um, I mean, these symptoms can appear within two to 14 days after being exposed to somebody with the virus. So two to 14 days. And I think it happened really quickly for you guys. You know, um, there's also a persistent pain or pressure in the chest. You get a little lethargic or confused. There's some irritability um, when you first wake up. And then, of course, if you're a lighter complexion, it can um, discolor your lips or your face a little bit and kind of cause them to be a little blush. Mm -hmm. You know, those are some of the things. And I remember your cheeks were a little rosy, you know, um, which is why I was taking pictures. You asked me. I didn't know that. You were asking me, why are you taking these pictures? Because I needed to make sure that I was seeing what I was seeing. 
You know, you're like, I bet not see those pictures anywhere. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I remember that when you said that. Yes, I remember. It's like, I remember taking pictures of me, but yeah. Yeah, yeah right. I was taking pictures of you when we when we would be talking FaceTime. on FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it was just, it was for me, like I said, I know it was scary for you because it was, it was not only just you, but mm-hmm. it was everybody that you love and your family. But that was a very yeah. scary moment for me. I mean, my scariest moment or things happening um, during that time was I was just more scared for my um, my eight year old. You know, I was just because she's such a lover. She is such a cuddler, you know, and to right. not hug her, to not give her kisses and stuff like that. That was killing her. That was killing me. Like she'll come in the room and I have a chair. Well, before I went to the hospital, there's a chair by the computer desk and she'd be like, mommy, when will I be able to hug you again? When will I be able to get my cuddles and my kisses again? And and it would break my heart because she is looking so disheartening, right. you know, and as much as I know my son tried to keep her entertained, you know, he really wasn't doing that great of a job he of wasn't. it. But <laughs> he, he, he kept us fed, so I can say thank God for that. He, did. You know, he, he kept fed her fed. pizza. I called right. him to check on them one night, and uh, he literally had your baby throw it on the other side of him in the bed with a box of pizza <laughs> and some colors and a coloring book. And I said, yeah. did you feed the baby? And he was like, yes, ma'am. And I said, where is she? So he held his phone up. And she waved and she says, hey, Gotti. And I said, hey, Gotti's baby. I said, are you okay? And she said, yes, ma'am. Yeah, that's what she said. I'm good. And uh, I said, did you eat? And she said, yeah. And I said, what did you eat? And she said, pizza. And I said, Liza, you going to feed the baby pizza every day? And she will eat it every day. She will eat it every day without fail. Yeah, he said, but that's what she wants. And I was like, okay. You're not going to fix it any cereal? It's like she wants pizza. I was like, okay, but he did, you know, shout out to my godson. He is so handsome. He yeah. did his, his best. His best was not great, but he did his best. He did his best, yes. <laughs> I mean, he kept her alive, you know, and every now and then he'll play with her. I mean, he got, I mean, it was bad. Like I went, she spent two weeks up because we just, could, I couldn't do anything. Like I just, for the time, for even for the, um, the time period, well, no, it was after I came out the hospital. She spent two weeks at my, um, my sister-in-law's house because I still, even though I was home, I still was feeling kind of, you know, just out of it. I still weak, you know, a little bit weak as I, I just wasn't feeling myself. And especially because of the diabetes now, because now my, you know, your sugar goes too high. You feel a certain kind of way. Your sugar goes too low. You feel a certain kind of way. And my sugars at that time were running very high because I still had steroids in my body and they hadn't sent me home with steroids. Mm -hmm. So with steroids make your sugars go high for one. So I'm up here giving myself, I have to take insulin shots. So I'm giving myself insulin shots four to five times a day to manage my insulin and manage my sugar, you know, and trying to stay on the eating program that they had me on it at the, at the hospital and trying to find something in, in, a, in the house that says, hey, okay, can, is this safe for me to eat right now? Right. You know, so I really wasn't up to, I, I'm very grateful for the family that I have. I mean, they get on my nerves, you, you know the stories, right. but I'm grateful because in this time that we needed this, this crisis that we had, we all stepped up and right. we all were there for each other and helping each other out and everything. And they, and they kept her, you know, um, cause her and my nephew, even she's, she's 
she's like three years older than my nephew. They still play good. They still play very good together, mm-hmm. you know? So, and my nephew, he just loves her so much. And, you know, that's his little Juju. That's what he calls him. Yeah, he does. And, and they, you know, so they had her and kept her good while I tried to recover and everything. And my mom trying to recover because my mom came home before me. And then I came home and then my dad came home, I think, like, three days later after I had came home. Mm-hmm. But then they sent him home with an oxygen tank and um, an oxygen um uh, some type of oxygen stand and he has tanks that he can take when he goes out he needs to take the tanks out because his breathing still a little off now everybody's oxygen is good our oxygen levels are good um and uh and we probably for the most part breathe my parents are doing well you know they have mm-hmm. their good days and their not so good days right. uh, if my dad does a little bit too much around the house because there are things that need to get fixed in the house mm-hmm. like okay prime example um the ac in one of the rooms it broke so this house is hot <laughs> this is a hot house in right. florida so i said oh well, i cannot be in this room and not have no ac so i went did some little savings and went and bought an ac so right. i came back home with it and we had to take out the other ac and my son was at church so he wasn't here to help us my dad is trying to help to take out the ac in the room mm-hmm. and he starts coughing he overexerted himself and when my dad coughs it's not just a little you know he is coughing like he needs to like he's trying to cough his lung out affecting him that but i had heard that it could have long-term effects on certain people that's another um thing that a lot of people don't realize that it can have long-term effects on your you're breathing. Mm-hmm. I had heard so, that on several occasions. Yeah. So when he calls, he he gets into his coughing fits and everything. That's where I get scared and I get to praying because he can go with no problem at least a good 20, 30 minutes until he kind of regulates himself. And that time he has to go put on his oxygen mask and everything right. and just breathe now i mean i'm very grateful because i was on we all were in oxygen in the hospital i was on it for about three days before i didn't need it anymore Mm -hmm. but i'm very grateful that it was oxygen and not a ventilator a ventilator is something totally different than the oxygen and they say that a ventilator makes it worse i heard i heard that That i'm not um, too sure but i just i just know it's two different things because when one of my cousins he got it confused and they went through the whole family grapevine in new york that we were all down here on ventilators and everything and i'm getting (laughs) calls from people so much you're on a no i'm on oxygen it's not a ventilator it's different just like it's just you know it's like no it's serious but we ain't we haven't got to that that stage we just feel just on regular oxygen it's just that little thing you put through your nose and it just you know we can just breathe in and breathe out right you know i'm not even sure what how how a ventilator works but i can say we weren't on it or anything we were on oxygen tanks you know the little oxygen machine that they have so that's but, good because I heard the that the ventilators uh, make it worse because it's breathing for you and you're oh, not okay. able to uh, exercise that on your own. And it's best to that's why I kept telling you to get up and move around because Chris Como, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. he had he it, caught and, it. Yeah. right. And he said that what helped him was the fact that he never stopped moving. Mm-hmm. He continued yeah. to move and he thinks that that contributed to helping him uh, mm-hmm. beat COVID 
you know, and uh, that's why I kept saying, you got to move, you got to move. And even though it was just scary to watch you try to, you know, get your breath back, it was, um, I was just glad that you were like able to move around. Yeah. You know. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, probably everybody kept saying that in my birthplace. So my brother called, and even before he called me in the hospital, he was calling me at the house, and he was telling me to move. My sister was telling me, like everybody, even my my cousin, um, was saying, "You got to get up and walk. You have to get up and walk." And he's like, "Even if you just walk to the living room and you walk back to the bedroom, right. you know, just walk when you walk around." Like I know, and I walked. I did do it. I didn't do it as much as they probably would have liked me to do. Mm-hmm. But I did. But I did it more. When I got to the hospital, I worked, I walked more in my room than I know that I did in the house. But I think that's because they also had me on the meds. So the meds were also making me feel good. Like, I literally was taking... Well, they also was giving me vitamins. It wasn't just medication. I think I took maybe... Out of... I counted them one day. I, had, mm-hmm. I was taking 12 pills daily. Wow. And um, out of the 12... I believe two to three of them, I would have to find my, my folder with all the information, but I believe two to three of them were actually medicines, medicines, mm-hmm. whereas everything else were vitamins. They had me on vitamin B, vitamin right. D, vitamin C, um, because I started Lord knows to... how many anything else. But since then, I've been, I've definitely been keeping up with that regimen. Like I have, I'm about up to 12 vitamins a day that I take on a regular now. Like wow. I don't, I went, when I came home, I went and got me a little cute little, vitamin container mm-hmm. i ordered my vitamins i was already taking vitamins before but i wasn't so consistent now i'm consistent because i don't want to ever feel like that again you know, know like i even have the little one there taking her vitamins the only thing i can't find for her and i actually have to go look on amazon is vitamin c like a chewable vitamin c that mm-hmm. she can take because but i know they have them out there and i've seen the vitamin C's that have that cinnamon um CVS, but they have like that sugar coating. She doesn't like her vitamins like that. They have the little sugar coating. So I'm looking for one that doesn't that I can find for her and start giving her vitamin C. But she does drink orange juice every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I have her doing that. Um, we will go outside sometimes, not all the time, but we will go outside and go to the little walks. But she takes her vitamins. I take mine because I am not playing. Like, I even just bought vitamins for Carl, for my fiance. And I'm like, only reason I'm, I ask him if he's taking them. He's not big on taking them. I ask him. I'm pretty sure he isn't. Mm. But when we get married and we live together, oh, baby, please don't. He's going to be taking the vitamins. He's going to be popping vitamins, okay? Right. Even if I got to crush it up and put it over his food, you know? Right. That's one thing. That we we have to do we 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 got to keep our immune systems built yeah. up for uh, for whatever because as you can see you just never know uh, I know I started taking Nutriburst um, and uh, elderberry syrup and elderberry gummies uh, to try to give me you know just in case because you know I had people that was still coming up to my house my kids were still coming mm-hmm. to my house even though they were all pretty much you know working from home except for a two or three of them i have four um but still i was i was still taking the necessary precautions for myself um making sure that they wash their hands i wash my hands spraying things down and that's why i want to go over uh real quick some ways to kind of help prevent COVID 19 um 
And we all, we've heard and seen commercials. You make sure you're washing your hands. Make sure you're washing for at least 20 seconds with soap and water. Um, You're using hand sanitizer that is at least 60% uh, alcohol. You want to make sure that you are avoiding close contact with people who are sick, no matter what type of sick they are. Um, Make sure that you are putting some distance between yourself, like when you go out to eat and so forth. I'm I'm very quick to say, I need you to pull that mask over your nose. (laughs) That's just me. I need you to pull that mask over your nose. Uh, Making sure that your your mouth and your nose is covered with that DACA mask. Cough, sneeze in a tissue, you know, or, and then throw it in the trash. Don't just throw it on the ground, you know, throw it in the the trash. And, And when you go out to commonly touch places like the gas station and even the grocery store, it's nothing wrong with wearing gloves. Wear you some gloves. You know, keep some disinfectant and some hand sanitizer in your car. You know, uh, clean, you know, frequently touched surfaces and objects and things of that nature. And um, the CDC recommends that people wear masks in public settings. You know, sometimes, you know, I whenever I, the couple of times that I have gone out, I've made sure that I was outside. But I'm the only fool sitting outside with a mask on. I don't know, y'all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, whenever you're around people outside the, your own household, you got to take the necessary precautions uh, needed to keep yourself and your family safe. Um, the CDC says masks may prevent people from contracting COVID. And obviously, since the numbers are declining slowly, but they are declining, those masks, it must be something they to help. it. Right. It must be something to it. But like I said, we're getting ready to go back into another holiday season. And of course, the even bigger holiday seasons are coming up where we really are family um, gathered during those times like Thanksgiving and Christmas and things of that nature. So it's going to be a really different type of holiday season for all of us. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really, really different because where, you know, it used to be a bunch of people uh, gathering, we're not going to be able to do those things. You know, we're going to, you know, have to stay home when we're used to traveling. You know, Um, I know plane tickets and stuff are dirt cheap because they're trying to entice us out of the house. But I say, you know, leave at your own risk. And when you do make sure you're taking every single precaution necessary. Uh, I'm sick and tired of hearing that this is our new normal. I don't want to receive that this is our new normal. I want this situation to be over with already, you know, but unfortunately uh, it is what it is. And so all we can do is what we can do. And that's try to protect ourselves and keep ourselves safe. Again, staying home, not always getting out there. You might be a party goer, clubber or whatever, you know, sit down somewhere, turn some music on, on the YouTube or your phone or whatever, and, and have your own personal party at your crib. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you're getting some rest and, and, and hydrating yourself, drink some water and take all the necessary medications that you need to. And as Janelle said, take you some vitamins. Why we don't yeah. want to take no vitamins? I don't know. Take I, you I some vitamins just... and eat right. You know, get mm-hmm. your 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 colors in. You know what I'm saying? And and those things and try to make sure that, you know, when you do have company, you know, that it it's family or whatever, make sure you disinfect those commonly 
touched areas, the toilet, the doorknobs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Spray your couches down. You know what I'm saying? Leave, make Ask people to leave their shoes at the door. It's okay. They ain't going to die. It's, they got feet. You know what I'm saying? But you got to take those precautions to uh, protect yourself and your family. You know, even when you're at work, you know, a lot of people right now are working uh, from home. But when we get back to work, you know, being in that mask all day long, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know if I'm going to like that um having that mask on all day long that's not it's not what i'm looking forward to but you know just being able to um not get anybody sick and and deal with the guilt of that um i know a, a lady who's um one of her family members got um uh, her sister and her mom sick and the mom passed away and so, you know, wow. she's dealing with that really heavily. And so that was what um, just kind of like really tripped me out. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want that mm-hmm. guilt of um, getting anybody sick. You know, I stay in the house. I have all the necessary supplies to keep my myself sanitized as well as my home sanitized and my handful of guests uh situated and sanitized as well so we got to do the necessary things and try to keep ourselves um keep ourselves together and everything you know what i'm saying we have to do the necessary things to keep ourselves situated and uh i have somebody walking through the door right now giving me the hand wash motions and they already know what it is but um we we have to do the necessary things guys it's serious and i just want it to uh, bring a up close and personal firsthand story and experience from someone who has dealt with this virus and battled this virus and um, so that you can hear how it affects people differently. That is the number one thing. You can feel fine and still have COVID-19, okay? Mm-hmm. You yeah, can- like I said, I thought it was my cycle. Exactly. You can feel perfectly fine. So, I mean, if you're feeling tired, I bought a digital forehead monitor, a forehead thermometer, not monitor, a digital mm-hmm. forehead thermometer. And um, for a little while, I was like, let me, I was, I was doing like the doctor's offices in the hospitals. Let me scan you before you walk through the threshold, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but pretty much everybody now, I think, is working from home and we, keep the same path you know we don't veer outside the path and when we go out where it's multiple people in the public like grocery stores and things um we make sure that we take the necessary precautions of carrying hand sanitizers and gloves and and wipes and things of that nature so that we don't you know pick up anything or spread anything and um those are some of the things that it's it's a nuisance, it may seem, but those are some of the things that we have to begin to uh, bring into habit, you know, make that part mm-hmm. of our system. And um, unfortunately, but yeah, yeah, we got to make that a part of our system and we we got to we got to beat this thing, you know, we we're doing really good so far, you know, um, my heart and, and thoughts and prayers go out to those who have lost family members to COVID-19 and coronavirus, you know, um, and which is why I'm doing this show because it could have been me, you know, 
I had my granddaughter and her family and then my best friend and then um, another really good friend and her husband. I mean, it, it was just a scary moment for me. And I wanted to bring that show to you guys. And I hope that you guys um, t- can walk away with some information and and do the necessary things that you need to to protect yourselves and your family. I know you're tired of hearing it, but it is what it is. And we got to do what we got to do to keep ourselves and our family safe. And uh, if we have to say it every day, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Don't touch your face and make sure that you are disinfecting those commonly touched places. All right. I'm your girl, Lady D. Thank you, Janelle, so much for joining me. Anytime, anytime. And uh, until next time, you guys, we'll uh, catch you later on the other side on another week on another podcast. I'm out. You've been listening to Cafe Conversations. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share this episode. I'm Lady D, and I thank you for joining me. Until next time, bye.